You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, drunk marks and drunk marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your designated host, Adam, and introducing at this time... A pair of drinking bros that can fill up the holes of your mother, <laughs> the drunk wrestling historians. <laughs> this is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. I think that'll Scott. become the new gimmick. Whenever it's an ECW one, got to do it like that. Dude, Adam, um, Scott texted me the other day and said he hopes you do Joel Gertner in the intro. And I, <laughs> yes. And I said, dude, you know what? I'll text him and tell him to. Totally forgot to text you. The second you started talking, I was like, damn it. I wish I texted him and told him. But well done. You thought of it on your own. Group and mind. I literally yeah. thought you texted him because no, you I did didn't. that bit. I didn't. No, no, nice. no. I didn't. <laughs> See, great minds think alike. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why this is an awesome fucking show that y'all need to tell your family and friends and enemies sure why not that uh, they need to subscribe to because because shit like that happens it's awesome exactly <laughs> but welcome everyone to drunk wrestling history this is a pay-per-view episode that we got planned for all of you uh, as figured out and already mentioned we're going to be going over an ecw pay-per-view episode so hella drinks may be necessary for this mm-hmm. speaking of i'm sure you have something uh in hand so um, I'm going to go into a brief, um, I'm going to tell a brief story about what I'm drinking tonight. Um, so Adam, you don't know the Scott knows. I thought as of last Saturday, today's Friday, today's Friday, January 14th, Chris and I went to Vegas on the 2nd. Last Saturday, which would be, I guess, the 7th or something, she woke up sick. We both went and got COVID tests. We thought we had COVID. Um... I felt fine the whole time. I took the whole week. I ended up staying home from work all week. My plan was I felt fine. So I'm like, well, whatever, I'm going to drink on Friday, whether I have COVID or not, because I feel fine. And then I was like, would I be the first person to get drunk and um, while having COVID? And I was like, probably not. But probably I definitely not. would be the but I'd definitely be the first person to do a drunk podcast while having COVID. <laughs> so my plan was if I tested positive, I was going to drink some purple drink. I was going to go get the double cup and the scissor <laughs> and the whole thing. I was going to do the whole thing. Uh, long story short, I ended up testing negative. She tested positive. How the fuck I ended up negative, I think it might be because I just um, got my booster right before, like a few days before we went to Vegas. Is you know, So I'm like super. I mean, I'm a bad motherfucker in the first place. Um, so, But she's fine. She just had, it was like a cold, you know, no big deal. But um, so I'm not drinking purple drink. I am drinking right now. I'm drinking some Dominican rum. I don't have the bottle with me, so I can't tell you what kind it is. And once that's empty, actually, I'll crack it right now. I got a beer that you fuck. 
I got a beer that you got me. It's the Friends beer, which is called Trends. <laughs> it's a pineapple guava slushy beer. So oh, that's shit. what I'm going to. Um, yeah, it sounds hella good. I'll let you know how it is in a few minutes when I actually I'll have a sip right now. Nice sound bite. Oh, fuck, dude. Okay, you guys out there, if you can find this, it's made by Barrel Brothers in, Simone, in Sonoma County, California. It's called Trends, the one where we made a slushy beer. Get this shit. It's hella good. Yum. Dude, that sounds so, hella good. Has Carissa so, had any at, at least? No, she's in the other room. No, because she's still like feeling a little, like she's kind of, you know, she's basically kicking out of the cold, but um, she's not in a drinking mood tonight. Okay. I mean, just she'll so wait. she eventually gets some. Fucking Monday's a holiday. By Monday, she'll want to get drunk, and then I'll go to work hungover on Tuesday. <laughs> so what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. <laughs> no, Specifically she brought that COVID. shit right home with her. Yeah, that shit doesn't stay in Vegas, apparently. <laughs> yep, yep. And Adam, I'm going with my traditional blackened in water. Sounds good. I'm going with brownie caramel cream root beer. Oh, damn. Excellent. We'll we'll find out about this. You guys are all fancy and shit. I'm all run of the mill. <laughs> you really are. That I was trying to do a snoring sound. I don't know if you caught that, but you know what, dude? I'm gonna put one. I'm gonna put a snoring sound effect in the um, recorder for every time you say "black and water." Perfect. Perfect. But you know what, though, tried and true gets the job done. Right. right. Um. Really quick. Oh, okay. I I see that you were gonna um set me up for the notes um no notes other than i just want to say thank you to all of our listeners um and f- fucking a youtube you guys just keep coming um <laughs> um so just to just to you know say what's up to the countries the united kingdom canada austria germany indonesia south africa belgium hungary mexico oman ukraine and that one dude in india thank you guys for listening we love you and uh, you keep listening. We'll keep doing shows. And we're coming up on 100 episodes here pretty soon. And we, Scott and I have a a bit of a drinking game planned for that one that I don't think Adam knows about. But you'll be hearing that in a couple months, I guess. Uh, it'll be a fucking party. Down for God willing. Uh, I, was playing, uh, I was playing virtual games with uh, Chris, I want to say, two weeks ago. He's definitely been holding down the fort on uh, YouTube. So Totally, totally. Thank you for doing that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, for this week's episode, we are taking it back to the year of our Lord, 1998, at the Convention Hall in Asbury Park, New Jersey. This is Season 1, Episode 1, on Pacock of ECW, Living Dangerously. Now, before we get into uh, the actual pay-per-view, we have to discuss how this episode came about. Uh... This ep- this episode was almost uh, the the pay per view that was previous oh. to this. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with this, but yeah, yeah. you're right. We, ju- we we definitely have to point that because this is a drunk podcast, and I think uh, the circumstances were pretty funny as fuck because it also, according to Eddie, it also flew over uh, Scott's head. It, it absolutely does. did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we were going <laughs> to, so Scott and I were like, oh, let's watch the next ECW pay-per-view. And I was like, I think that's November to remember 97. And he's like, yeah, I think you're right. Dude, I looked it up on um, Wikipedia, looked at the matches, didn't think anything of it. I was like, cool, we'll do that one. I texted Adam, told him that if Adam hadn't caught it, we would have watched the same pay-per-view again. 
And I don't know, I honestly don't know, unless one of us caught it, we might have recorded the same uh, a podcast twice, which yeah. would be way funnier than recording uh, Unforgiven 2005 by accident. Yeah, because it would have been like, oh, great, another Shane Douglas shitty main event. <laughs> right. This is yeah, the same the, as all the, the other same shitty, shitty moves. Main events. <laughs> Dude, I think that last pay-per-view was so bad I sort of just erased it from my mind and forgot what the card was. So when I looked up the card for when I looked up the card for it again, I didn't even catch that I'd already seen it. Bingo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. So like, yeah, it, it almost we almost had a disaster on our fucking hands. But it wouldn't be the first time. Remember Unforgiven? Well, that's what I'm saying. It would have been even funnier than that one. Because that I think one would have been. We just did the wrong one. Imagine watching the same show twice and reviewing it. <laughs> Before episode a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's almost as bad as doing a clip show episode. <laughs> wink, wink, yeah, right. nice or, nudge. Or Jericho title reigns episode. <laughs> Hogan, dude. Or Hogan, t- Hogan title reigns. <laughs> Even worse. <Yeah. laughs> if we get into the Jericho title reigns episode, that'll take a... Oh, forget that, about that's it. That's like a three-hour episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, All right, let's get into the pay-per-view. Get back into track, uh, we start off with... Taz uh, pulling into the an empty venue, just kicking a chair in because why not? And and that was weird because yeah. they sort of I don't know I was just sort of confused because it was like dark and there was nobody there at all, and I was like they must have set this up the, the he must have shot this the day before because you'd think there'd be a few people there. I looked at um I looked at my fa- farmer's almanac and the sun set at five forty nine that day in Asbury Park. And I was like, at 549, there had to have been fans there. So they must have done, they must have set the show up the day before. No chairs were set up. He just walked, like, maybe. Oh, that's true. You're right. There were no chairs. from 15 feet away from the ring or so. Yeah, but you didn't really get, from watching it, you didn't really get that it was a pre-tape. They sort of made you feel like it's live. But looking at it being dark, I was like, no, they definitely did this the day before. And then, yeah, all he says is, I'm ready. Yeah, right. And he's not even and in the main event. So, <laughs> right. I didn't even think about that. That's a, <laughs> it's a great point. It's just okay. yeah, fun start to that. Yeah. And then uh, white view uh, in, or white transition into the crowd, and uh, Joey Styles is in the ring introducing the show. Which was the best part of an ECW pay per view? Can I just throw that in? Every EC, yes, every ECW pay-per-view mostly started the same way, and that was the crowd shot, right? You got Joey Styles in the middle of the ring ready to say something, but the crowd's going fucking bonkers. That was always the best part of a pay-per- uh, an ECW pay-per-view as far as I'm concerned. You're right. Um, I mean, it was a great way to start off a show. It's a great way to, I, would, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's the best part, but you're right. It's a great way to start off the show because like, so we've done f- several WCW pay-per-views and I do like the way that they, um, at the announce desk, they start talking about what you're going to see tonight, but that does nothing to do the, that doesn't do anything to heat the crowd up. Joey Styles getting in the ring and sort of previewing it and kicking off the show in front of the crowd really fires that crowd up, which that crowd's insane 
in the first place. You know, well, what that's I mean? the like, best part. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's a hot ECW crowd. You're catching mm-hmm. that live reaction right there as soon as it starts. Like, guys, we're going to pay per view in ten, nine, eight, and then the crowd just loses their fucking mind. Absolutely, yeah. I love Espec- the ECW pay per view start that way, especially in yeah. the venues that they were getting a convention hall. That's those are small ceilings. So like, yes, you're talking about mm-hmm. you're talking about fucking Seattle Seahawks acoustics bouncing right back. Yes, right into that. Yeah, and, you're catching yeah. all of that sound, on, all of that energy. On a side note, fuck the Seahawks, but still, that's the agree. Fuck like, that, that's the concept. You're you're just you got a dense uh, crowd that just fucking loves wrestling, and it's bouncing back into it. I'm I'm indifferent to the Seahawks. That's how fair. dare you. Okay. And that leads into the first match of the night: FBI with the Don, uh, and uh, Tom. Tommy Rich is that his name, or did my touch? And he's so embarrassed right now. Why am I embarrassed? I don't know because you love FBI. Okay, well let's get right yeah. into that. Uh, they're taking on Jerry Lynn and Chris Chetty. He's the first graduate <laughs> of the House of Hardcore. Okay, Scott, you're right. I do love the FBI, and literally the first note I have, you can see it right here. I'm holding it up to the iPad. Says, "Oh hell yeah." <laughs> I didn't look, or I mean, I must have looked and forgotten who was on the show, so I f- just forgot that FBI was kicking off the show, so I was so excited, and, I, and, and after that, it says FBI, exclamation point. It's them versus Chris Chetty and, and Jerry Lynn, so it's uh, <laughs> it's Gui- little Guido, who, yes. um, who if you didn't watch ECW, you might know as Nunzio from WWE. Um, it's Tracy Smothers, who was the least Italian person you've ever seen in your life, right? and then um, Tommy Rich. Yeah, the other least Italian person you've ever seen the, in your life. Right, the second least Italian person. Right. <laughs> so the FBI was so great because they did this Italian gimmick. I mean, FBI stood for full-blooded Italians. And they come out and they're just doing the whole, like, everything. I mean, they... they, they it, Stereotype they to, to the nth level. Yes. Yeah, they're doing the, um the what's that? Th- I don't know what you call that thing where you put your hand under your chin. You know, I think it's like, uh, I think it means, like, what do you want from me? You know, that kind of thing. I don't right. know. Uh, that obscene I'm gesture. Sure, yeah. I'm sure one of our Italian listeners going to tweet me and uh, I'm sure there's a word, an Italian word for it. I don't know. Um, but I think that's what it, I think that's what it means. It means like, what do you want from me? But, but in Italian, it sounds much nicer. They're doing all that. And they're like, <laughs> like during the match, they do the kiss each other on the cheeks thing. <laughs> it's so fucking great. These fucking, uh, they're just dumbasses. <laughs> just come out act like a bunch of fucking goujins. Well, and they were a great act. There's a reason they were the tag team champions before this, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were a great act. They got the crowd riled up. They did their jobs. They absolutely did. Yeah, totally. I mean, they had heat, and especially over there, it, when when you go to these arenas and it's half full of Italians. You know what I mean? Who are going to be pissed off at fucking Tracy Smothers for this shit. Yeah, and Jack Victory. Like, what the fuck is that guy doing with Nunzio? Like, what the hell? Yeah. These two it's fucking so, white boys. Yeah, yeah. It's just so great. Um, so as the match gets starts, the first thing I started, the first thing I see is there's a sign in the audience that says, Sheriff Giuliani sucks. And it has mayor, but mayor's crossed out and it says sheriff. I don't even know why. I have no idea. That must be something that's over my head, not being from New York or New Jersey. Hmm. Um and I was like, "Is this? Are they doing the show in the back of uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping?" <laughs> <laughs> You've waited several years to work that joke into a pay per view. 
No, no, that was only like a little over a year ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> right away, Guido gets put in an arm ringer, and he's doing that thing with his hand. <laughs> he's not selling the arm ringer. He's telling the crowd, fuck you. <laughs> Every 30 seconds, both of them. Early on in the match, yeah, they're doing all these hand gestures early on in the match. Yeah, totally. Like, it's, it's constant. Um, they have a really good back and forth, and... Um, they end up outside. Jerry Lynn dives from the top floor, or from the top floor, from the top, from the top to the floor, and um, fucks them both up, which was great. Jerry Lynn, how good was Jerry Lynn, dude? Well, this is before Jerry Lynn was a big deal, right? He's kind of new. It, well, new. He, he's kind of new, like uh, new. he hasn't hit that main event status yet. He, he's kind of new as far as like on a national level, you right? Know I mean, he'd been yes. around a long time, but as far as being on any kind of national, I mean, this is pay per view, not regular national TV, but yeah, this is like a big um, platform. For him, if you will, yeah, for sure. He's but he's still several months away from becoming that big ECW deal. Yeah, right. Um, so eventually, the heels take over, and now we have your classic heel. Your classic. It's a very um, '80s, early '90s tag team match. It goes right into the exact kind of tag team shit that I love. Yeah, you're working um, up to the hot tag. Right, right. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they, this is where they do the kiss each other on the cheek spot, and they do the pies on elbow, where they, they both <laughs> yes. do an elbow drop. Um, it's kind of weird because nobody tags in and out early on, but at this point, they do tag in and out, right? So like that's one of those flaws in ECW where it's like, oh, anything goes, so you don't have to tag in. But then at a certain point, it gets to where you do have to tag in so you can have a proper match. Logically, there's no sense to it. Yeah, it's like you just pick and choose when you want to follow the rules. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, yeah, they're just doing they're doing all the classic heel shit, right? Like distract the ref, um, hit the guy on the apron, all the like the brainbusters, or um, or for people who are you know don't didn't watch the old school stuff, um, FTR. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because FTR is very old school. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh yeah. My, yeah. They. Well, I remember you told me like five years ago you, they remind you of the brainbusters. Oh, totally. Yeah, Brainbusters, Midnight Express, like all those old classic heel tag teams. Like mm-hmm. they just they're perfect. Yeah, totally. Um FBI go for a double leg leg uh double leg. I think I'm drunk. <laughs> really? They go for a double backbreaker, but they end up taking a leg drop um from Chris Chetty and he tags out. Jerry Lynn gets in, he gets a hot tag. And um oh my god, when he gets in and hit Tommy Rich, the crowd goes crazy. Can I just point out that when Tracy Smothers throws somebody to the ropes, like when he does an Irish whip, I love uh-huh. how he turns to the crowd and talks shit. He does. Every yeah, single totally. time. Guido does too. I love it. That is so yeah. great, dude. It's just one of those little details that right. it, it plays into their character so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the um, the match ends up going crazy. You know, it turns into a big fucking... The clusterfuck at the end. Tommy Rich tries to hit Jerry Lynn with the flag, misses and hits uh, um, Tracy Smothers. Throws the flag and, uh, 20 feet into the air. Yeah, he tosses. It's an Italian flag. I should have mentioned that earlier. He tosses. Yeah, he hits him with an Italian flag. He misses, hits Tommy. Uh, damn it. Tracy Smothers. Um, tosses it 20 feet into the air. Some dude in the front row catches it and immediately starts waving it. While he's waving it, Jerry Lynn pins. Um, Tracy Smothers for a three count and you can't see the pin because the guy in the front row is waving the flag waving right in the front flag. of him. <laughs> it's like when the, it reminded me of when The Rock was standing outside the ring during Farouk's match holding up that painting of himself that he oh, got for The Rock or that yes. he got for Farouk. Yes. <laughs> Stupid idiot. It was great. 
Yeah. And then after the match, like um, Tracy Smothers and Tommy Rich get into it and uh, Tracy decks his ass and the place goes fucking crazy for that, too. Look, this was no Dudleys versus Eliminators, but it was a oh, solid so- opener. You know what? Um, yeah, I guess I wasn't as, as entertained by it as I was that match. But for what you would call just a really good fundamental wrestling match, this is way better. Oh, I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, like wrestling psychology-wise, this was fucking fantastic. Actually, in my notes, I put, I wonder if this is going to be my favorite match of the night. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, can we get a little spoiler alert? No. Okay. Also, Thank you. Well, also liked at the end, uh, like the fuck you gesture every 30 seconds. And then mm-hmm. after they won Jerry Lynn and Chris Chetty, they did it back. That was just a little uh, full, going full circle. That was fun. Yeah, I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was a perfect match. I loved everything but Chris Chetty's gear. It was bullshit. It was I don't pur- remember. I don't... purple and green. Oh, no, those are bad. That's like, well, that was the um, color scheme of the show. I don't know. Uh, okay, if it that was like anything. late 80s, early 90s, it would have been okay. It looked like he was maybe going for like a Steiner singlet gimmick, but it failed. Yeah, not good. It was not good sense. at all. Also, it's what you would expect from like a graduate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, I think that's it for that match. Also, uh, for some reason, Tracy Smothers was, no, it's he not. was wet when he came in. I don't know. Hmm. He was probably fucking. Um, he probably was banging some whores backstage before he came out. He was doing rails off Jenna. Oh, spoiler alert! Sorry, <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, I hope he was banging her. We'll, we'll address that later on. But uh, in the meantime, uh, they throw it to a video pack. He, he probably he probably ate a bunch of gabagool and had meat sweats. <laughs> <laughs> That's the New- more likely explanation. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. New Jersey. We get a video oh. package of Wing Kanemura and Masato Tanaka. Oh, wait. Well, Adam, what was his name? Wing Kanemura? I have in my notes, Japan Super Porky. Yeah, it's... What? Um, it's, um... What? Japan Super Porky and Masato Tanaka. Is I didn't that know who super, that other guy was. Is that Super Porky? No, that's just Japan's version of him. Oh, okay. I didn't know who it was. I had Japan Super Porky and Masato Tanaka have a video package. Those are in my notes. Yeah, right. It's okay. It's a video package with Tanaka and um, Yukihiro Kanemura. They were supposed to have a match, but instead, um, what's his name, Mister Wright? What's his What's his first name? Lanster. Who? Lance Mr. Wright. But they were yeah, Lance Wright. Lance Wright. Yeah, Lance Wright. Com- Lance Wright comes out. He announces that Kanemura is out, and Doug Furness is in, and he's like, "Oh, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon, I want his balls in my mouth," kind of. Basically, there's a lot of that paraphrasing. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean, no, I wasn't quoting him verbatim. (laughs) (laughs) That was a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of that on the show, like blowing Vince McMahon. (laughs) Unfortunately, we never get to see it. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was backstage. Janet Jameson was there. Nicole Bass was there. (laughs) Who knows what went on? Sonny. Sonny. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, they change it to... Adam, go ahead and do your intro. Uh, it is Doug Furness with Mr. Wright versus Masato Tanaka. Well done. Um, What did you think of this match, Scott? Mr. Electricity himself, Doug Furness. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That Mr. guy had Charisma w- Vacuum or what? Yeah, he was... Doug Furness is, probably is as good of a wrestler as anyone I've ever seen. No, you're 100%. And I hate to talk ill of him because, you know, he's passed. But Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Doug Furness has passed. And yeah, a fantastic yeah. in-ring worker. But it wasn't one of those guys you were looking forward to seeing on the card. Yeah, he was like Benoit with less charisma. Right, right. And here we have Masato Tanaka. Now, this is way before the legend that is 2005. Yeah. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. Now, can I point out during the Tanaka video promo that Adam referenced earlier, mm-hmm. they showed him facing Mike Awesome. Like, that was almost a teaser to what you were going to get like seven years later. And that was all FMW clips, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because, like, we didn't know it in 98, but in 2005, we were in for a treat. Yeah, yeah. Um, decent match. Decent up until the finish. It was a decent match. Um, there were some good spots. Um, early on, Furnace hit a killer, like, Randy Orton-type dropkick. Yes. Um, but there were some miscommunications, right? Um, Tanaka fucked up a second rope swing DDT, and I don't know how he did not injure Furnace. Okay. Yeah, I've got it in my notes. He almost broke his neck. It was like a DDT RKO combo thing that Furnace yeah. had no idea how to take. I'm probably thinking right. the same thing. I said like swinging DDT and his head stayed down a bit. So it looks like yeah. there's some kind of weird botch there. Yeah. But yeah, like, Tanaka had it. That was one of his finishers, right? It was, like, it was called like Diamond Dust or something like that. It was supposed to be a stunner. Mm-hmm. But it turned into like a DDT RKO type thing. And that's match. that thing where he, he flips over you and, la- and lands in a stunner. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, there was a spot where I think Furnace was supposed to hit um, Tanaka with a gut wrench suplex. Tanaka comes off the ropes and he kind of just ran into <laughs> ran yeah. into him sideways. Yeah. There was some miscommunication for sure. Language barrier. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I was, well, so, okay, so I'm thinking, I'm watching, and I'm like, is it the language barrier? Now, I remember years ago, 15 years ago, or maybe more, um, someone sent, Lance Storm used to do a and a on his website, and someone um, asked that, is there is there a problem wrestling people who don't speak the same language? And he was like, not really, because suplex is suplex, kind of, is the example he gave. So he's like, no, you don't really have to speak the same language, just, you know, a few words that are sort of universal within wrestling, and you can do it. Maybe... Maybe that was the case here, and one of those guys wasn't up on the names of the moves. I don't know, but definitely there were some miscommunications because there was another one later on. Um, it was the finish. The finish, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, what was the finish? Uh, they just kind of collided in the ring, and then Masato Tanaka hit like a rolling elbow and just pinned him. That's I right. Think it, was That's like right. Some, it was supposed to be some kind of grab, but obviously he couldn't lock it in, and I guess he just, yeah. Yeah, it was a fuck the up though. Like, just just go to the finish. Like, it was it was an in ring miscommunication. They collided center of the ring. Tanaka hits a rolling elbow, pins him. Game over. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it was like you know what? It was almost like watching. Um, remember we used to go to APW back in the day, and you'd yes. see guys. You'd see, or we used to go to uh, Kirk White. Who uh, Kirk White? We should do a shot for him. Oh, um, okay. Wait, I saw like right now. Which, uh, well, I'll do a sip of uh, Trans beer right now. All right, I don't have a I'll shot. knock one back with you. Hey. Cheers, Kirk White, man. A Bay Area legend. Yeah, Bay Area legend. Got Bailey into business, into, into the business. Yes, and has had repeated Bret Hart autograph signings. Yeah, totally. He was friends with Bret. And um, yeah, he promoted a lot of Bret Hart signings. My first time meeting Bret, in which I wore a HBK shirt. I think it was 1997. Fucker. Um, that was, yeah, that was How a dick move. Yeah. Um, but he let me, but he, 
but he was cool though. Like I, I came behind the table with him and he said he had the, he was the champion at the time and I was looking at the belt and he says, you can pick it up if you want. Oh, dude, that was like, that was like the greatest fucking moment of my life. Have I told you how Jeff and I got over on Kirk white to get a dual picture with the Hardy boys? No. Oh, well maybe I'll tell you some other time. Okay, good. <laughs> let's, let's uh, drink to Kirk white. Salute Kirk white. Salute. Yeah, we're paying tribute to the to you the only way that drunk wrestling historians know how. Drinking. With booze. <laughs> so after the match, um, Mr. Wright blames Furnace. Furnace knocks him the fuck out, and then he says Vince can kiss his ass. Right. Close and, uh, lines went on to, to achieve death. great things. <laughs> right, he went on to a great career in the WWE. Yeah, he really <laughs> yeah. did a lot for him. Yeah, right. He also grabbed an ECW shirt and left, so I guess... With the combination of that and the botch finish, would that count as a double turn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So crowd after that, got up, they were not pleased. They were clear thumbs down uh, once it happened. But yeah, that's what happened. Um. So after that is where things get weird. We go to Joey Styles, and he's talking about a match between. And I didn't even catch what match it was till later on in the show. I think I like got up to pee or whatever, grabbed the beer. Um, it was the Sandman versus Sabu in a Singapore cane match. In a Singapore cane match, which, like, if you're roughly our age, like, or Adam's age, like, wait, Adam, do you get the Singapore cane reference? Because you would have been really young. I mean, is there something more to it? I know what Singapore canes are. Yeah, so it's called a Singapore cane because some dude went to Singapore and he like tagged up a wall and he got his ass whipped with 20 lashes um, with a Singapore cane. Like that was his punch. Some American kid went over there, got in trouble for graffiti and he got fucking whipped with a cane because that's what they do in Singapore to vandals. Shit. All right. <laughs> and suddenly, Adam, earlier you mentioned a song that I was going to put as our outro for this song and... um now I'm torn between that and uh, Natural Born Killers by Ice-T and Dr. Dre because he says the, got his ass whipped with 20 lashes like the dude went to Singapore. When you hear this episode, you'll know the decision. So I'm going to pull a fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. Now I'm suicidal, just like Nirvana. Tick, talk, talk, tick, talk, tick. Dr. Dre and Ice Cube on some murderous shit. Wait, sing more. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't sing the next line of the song, um, but I can play it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what song I'm gonna end the show with. It's because the other one's really good too. Um, I'm thinking Mbop. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was thinking Photograph. <laughs> Have the a pizza. Buy a pizza. It'll be for the full-blooded Italians. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Joey's t talking about how they can't show this match because it's too violent. Now, explain to me the logic of this. They recorded the match before the pay-per-view. Yep. Instead of during the pay-per-view. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah, so you're telling me you didn't have time to review the match to see if it's actually too violent to show on pay-per-view? Also, people are paying to view this match? Well, no, no, hold on. I don't think it has anything to do with whether they reviewed it. They did review it. The censor said they can't play it. Why was it not part of the live show? Also, there like, was why Spice was it, Network at the time that showed full dick going in. <laughs> so you're telling me that I can watch full dick going in on the Spice channel 
But I can't watch a Singapore Kane match between Sandman and Sabu. That's what I have. So, like, you can't show up because it's too graphic. Too graphic? This is an ECW pay-per-view. This is That's, Spice Channel era. Yeah, Too graphic? Have you, yeah, have you even seen a money shot? <laughs> have you seen a gape? Like... <laughs> That's awful. I'd rather watch fucking a chain or a, a cane shot. I am sure. Dude, I am sure gay. that eating in and out in the middle of an ECW ring would not surprise anybody, and that would not be the <laughs> grossest thing that would happen in the show. And I think this is a really good clip of the show. If anyone ever wants to hear a preview of it, Scott's talking about gaping. Adam's talking about burgers. Right. No. And in and out. All right. <laughs> it's a euphemism. Um, so during it, um, fucking Jason and Nicole Bass come out and they're like demanding he play it. And the crowd is chanting China's boyfriend at Nicole Bass. Horrible. Just, just Horrible. T- terrible. How dare you disrespect Lex Luger's mom like that? <laughs> Shit. Uh, and then so eventually Joey Styles is like, sure, we'll play it. But then it's just a video of sh- uh, Tommy Dreamer showing up in a Raiders jacket. Did I miss something here? Did I like... So, yes, the whole Is thing not was correct? Beulah had left Tommy Dreamer to go to the camp of Just Incredible, Jason, and Nicole Bass. Okay. Yeah. It was a whole angle that they were trying to run, like, Beulah's loyalty, whatever. That would come up later in the match. You would see who she sided with. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, it's riveting stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not walking into an empty arena and saying, I'm ready, but, you know. It's close. Right. It's not saying your name two times, but it's riveting stuff. It's still riveting stuff. <laughs> All right. That and then after that, lead, we go into the... Lead us into the next match. It is Rob Van Dam with Diet Paul Shear, Bill Alfonso. Ooh. And he's taking on Too Cold Scorpio, better known as Flash Funk. On paper, this should be match of the night. Uh, in reality, it was the worst match I've maybe ever seen an ECW. Thank you for finishing that. Because on paper, this looked like, oh, fuck. I can't miss this match. Then you watched it and you're like, I should have just gone and taken a two during this match. I had to go anyway. Like, this would have been a perfect venue for that. And, you know, you're notorious for doing that during a pay-per-view and not pausing it. I almost texted you. Or did I text you? You did text me and you said this would be the match to go drop a deuce during. So did you do that? No, I should have listened to you. (laughs) I hate this. <laughs> I love RVD, right? But watching it, I'm like, the more I watch RVD's ECW matches, the less I like him. Agree. Now, we I haven't ne- got, to be fair, we have not gotten to the Jerry Lynn matches yet. Well, no, that's true. Look, RVD as, is as, as far as being innovative in the ring, I don't, I'm not sure there's anyone even been even better or maybe not, no one's even been close. I mean, okay. the dude can I do some incredible shit. He's an Agreed. insane athlete. And I can say the same thing about Scorpio. Scorpio is an incredible wrestler, incredible athlete. This match just didn't work. It's nothing to do with either of the guys. Um, but watching it, so one of the notes I had, and I'm not going to go into all this shit. I have a lot of notes about what this, that, blah, blah, blah. Um, the main takeaway I got from this is this is why you need wrestling psychology. Yes, thank you. Which, if you were to... Um, Talk to someone like, okay, like I mentioned Lance Storm earlier, would say that's knowing how to work. These guys did a lot of really cool moves, but it was just moves. Just for the sake for of the doing sake, the moves. For the sake yes. of doing moves. They did nothing that meant anything. 
it was one thing after another. I got, I'm watching these guys doing flips from the fucking uh, top rope to the into the crowd, and I'm bored with it. Right. And I was like, this is why. I know WWE gets a lot of shit for the way they train their guys, and people always say they want everyone to wrestle the same way. RVD probably was the best example of a guy I ever saw who needed to be in the WWE system and learn from the guys there because his matches in WWE were incredible. And the more I watch his matches in ECW, like I said earlier, the more I dislike his ECW matches. I used to think they were great because I was seeing cool shit I'd never seen before. Yeah. But if you actually sit down, don't watch a highlight reel of, e- of RVD. That's going to be the coolest thing you've ever seen. Watch this match and you'll be like, oh, yeah, this match fucking was awful. Yeah. No, I agree with you, dude. He benefited so much from entering the WWE system. Mm-hmm. And But look, this was different shit for 1998. Like, when you were watching it in 98, you're like, this is fucking amazing. This is all. But, like, now in 2022, going back and watching 1998 ECW, it's. uh, This isn't the only match that's going to get trashed. I'm just being full honesty here. It's not. It's not great. And there's several other after this that are not going to be great either. Right. Um, ECW always got a lot of really. Like, praise for their guys like Benoit and Eddie and Jericho and um, people like Storm, people like that. They got, there are certain people who don't like the Dudleys or Sandman or shit like that. And then there were the guys like RVD who were really good wrestlers, but did a, kind of a hybrid, did the weird shit. Um, RVD's sort of that guy where you're just like, yeah, he was better and he was better in a different place. He needed guidance. He needed, and, and he was, a, he wasn't a rookie. I hate to call him a rookie. He'd been in the business for seven years or so. Yeah, about that. But he, he needed refining. And luckily he got that later. And, um, but no, this match, I fucking, I can't believe I'm saying I hate an RVD match. I hated this match. I thought it was cool. He wore a Louis Spicoli shirt who had passed away about two weeks before this paper. That's true. Yeah. Okay. That was probably the coolest part of this match. Yeah. And if you were there, I think he didn't, wasn't he the dude who came out to fucking, he had Pantera. I believe so. Yes. I believe so. Walk. So that would have been cool too. But other than that, garbage match, garbage wrestling. I have one highlight that I want to point out. During Scorpio's entrance, he was uh, high-fiving the crowd. And Hang uh, on, Adam. Adam, I'm going to pee while you do this. Oh. Can you... So take your time. Can you Jesus Christ. Hold, where's your bucket? No. I, Can't I, hear you. Can't hear you. God damn it, because it involves Eddie. You know what? His loss, he, and he'll hear it uh, when this episode airs. So when he was going around high-fiving the crowd, there was a guy that... There's... This is the best way I could describe him. He looks like Eddie if he was trying to look like Howard Stern. Oh, you're talking about uh, Faith No More guy. Oh, that's the guy? Oh, shit. Okay. Yes, who's very well known for ECW pay-per-views oh, back I, in the day. He I always had, always had a ringside or second row seat. He had long hair, like a goatee. Like We call him Faith No More guy. Wow, I picked so, the one guy. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, no, great job, dude. Great job. But no, Eddie's right. Like, this match is just... It's okay. It it was like... It was slow-paced for what I am... What I am aware of other capabilities were. And yeah, just moves were being done for the sake of being done. It just... Well, what's funny is RVD wins the match with a roll-up. Like, after all of the high-flying shit, whatever they were doing... RVD wins with a roll-up, and Joey Styles at the end of the match says, now that's wrestling. 
I, I think we can all like, disagree with that heavily. Like those two seconds, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> like the roll up. The end of the match was wrestling. The rest of it, not so much. And you know what's crazy? Like back in the day, like I loved yeah, East. Oh, there's Eddie like just screaming because we catch it up on the microphone now. <laughs> Doesn't have his headphones, so he has no idea what we're saying yet. But it's one of those things like for its time, ECW was great because it was different, like Eddie said. It was different. We were able to tune in and see something we weren't seeing with Nitro or Raw, right? But now we're in 2022. We can go back and look at this and be like, eh, it wasn't great. And like I said, this isn't the last match of the night that's going to be, ah, that wasn't great. That's true. I'm back. Oh, welcome back. Thank you. Everything come out Everything okay? Everything come out okay? <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was, it was fine. Um. I went to get another beer. Carissa wanted me to get her wallet. It was a whole big thing. But uh, yeah, I'm back. Welcome. Thank you. Also, two pile drivers on the ramp. Does that not kill someone? Or Yeah. Isn't Sandman like that crazy uncle who shows up at a kid's party? Oh, yeah. Makes an ass of himself. <laughs> and like ends up on YouTube or something. Glad I don't have... Uh... Nieces or nephews. Oh, I do have a niece. <laughs> I think that was my last note on this match. What? So Sabu shows up, uh, hits, uh, uh, hits uh, in the head and with the chair, and then Sandman does run in, but there's no camera that uh, does a hard cut to him. You just see him <laughs> running out of the ring. Even though they didn't play it, in my head I could hear Yakety Sax music when he's running, chasing Sabu. <laughs> God love him. That's why we have him as our intro. That's it. And then uh, after that, we get a uh, Storm and Candido video package. And this is great because we get to see all of um, Chris Candido's charisma. (laughs) I think we've covered this before. We're not big Chris Candido guys. No, and I can't believe he got fucking Sonny. <laughs> I could believe he could get Sonny now. Oh! Dude, For, did you see... 49-year-old um, in jail, Sonny? Yeah, did you see she just got busted on, like, terrorism charges? Terrorism. Today? Yeah, like, I saw, um, I weapons. I heard she got arrested, but it was for that oh shit it was like ter- terroristic threats and these um, titties are WMD what son the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah um yeah I don't know she like threatens someone in something and I don't know she had like a gun fuck <laughs> no she's about to be doing hard time oh my gosh jeez wow <laughs> and there's another outro song <laughs> <laughs> You know, we did an episode on Marty. I'm thinking we might need to do an episode on Sonny. Dude, I don't think so, man. It's it's too sad. <laughs> oh, man. Also, maybe too soon. Maybe too... Yeah, I don't know if I could just sit there and, like, goof on Sonny. Like, it's just, like... I don't know. It's too... Maybe a roast. We'll do a watch-along to her porn. <laughs> Whip our dicks yeah. out, pay tribute. I mean, I could... Moving on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Why? you. Why? All right. We got a uh, a three-way dance. It's the Dudley Boys versus Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten versus Spike Dudley and New Jack. And Joel Gertner is here to heat the crowd right back up. Fuck, dude. Because the crowd hated so on point. 
I don't think we mentioned the crowd hated the last fucking match. They were chanting boring. But yes, this they guy were. comes to the ring, they're fucking on fire. Yeah. RVD and Two Cold Scorpio are getting shit on. Here comes Joel Gertner, and he's like the hero of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he's still wearing that stupid neck brace with the stupid <laughs> with the stupid money bow tie. He's had that no since shirt. the first ECW pay-per-view. Yeah, which would have been like June or something, right? It was in March, the previous <laughs> year. Okay, March, and we're in, like, January. What, <laughs> yeah, we're, like, a year in. He's still wearing that neck brace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like Bob Wharton with the cast yeah. or yeah, Mike Sharp is... with the fucking arm gauntlet. This would be yeah, March is... 1st, 1998, last one, November 30th. <laughs> okay. Yeah, his neck is more fucked up than D'Lo Brown's ribs. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> um... <laughs> Joe Gertner's great. He calls balls an axle enhancement talent. Yeah. <laughs> um, to Alex, to Axel's credit, though, I'm, I was never an Axel rotten fan, but he comes out in a misfit shirt that I used to own in this very year. Oh, nice. Starstruck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a shirt of Jerry Only. It's just like a big close-up on uh, Jerry Only's face with the haircut and the Misfits logo. or Yeah, Misfits logo in blue. It's a fucking pimp-ass shirt. Can I make a request moving forward? Go ahead. Adam, moving forward, any ECW pay-per-view we cover where the Dudleys are on and Joel Gertner does an introduction, I would like you to do it verbatim. Yeah, memorize the whole thing. The whole thing. Oh, You don't fuck. need to memorize. You can put it in writing, but if you could just do it verbatim, I would greatly appreciate that. Noted. Joel Gertner was in rare form on this one. He really was. Yeah. I mean, if I could do the, the mic skills of Stone Cold Steve Austin winning King of the Ring, I mean, Joel Gertner. Oh, Joel Gertner's easy, right? And, yeah, piece of cake. And if we could, I I could eat a piece of cake and uh, get in Gertner's shape and uh, talk like that. So, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Perfect. Put on the neck brace. I don't, think, I don't think you have to eat a piece of cake, Adam. <laughs> well, I got insult nice. cake like that. <laughs> Getting back into the match. So this is an interesting match because I'm so caught up on what Joel Gertner's saying. I missed that it was a triple threat. I did too. Okay. So like Three. you're a few minutes into the match and then suddenly Natural Born Killer starts playing. Terror illustrates my era. Now I can't hang around my mama because I scare her. Well, except on Pacock. It's in the ghetto. Oh, right. It's in the ghetto. In That's the a ghetto. good song though. Yeah, I like that song though. It reminds me, it's like very like Tribe Called Quest. It's, um, it's awesome also that they're fashionably late to every match they're in. I was about to ask. So They're like the I'm me g- and Shannon of every match. <laughs> yeah, the you and Adam of every match. <laughs> okay, so that's normal. I mean, because it didn't bug me. It was just interesting to notice again. But so the music starts and I'm like, what? wait, why am I hearing New Jack's? Even though it's not his real music, I'm like, why am I hearing New Jack's music? And then I'm like, holy shit, it's a fucking triple threat. So they come down there, and... Um, His partner's not Cronus. It's Spike Dudley this time. It's Spike Dudley, which was... I forgot they were even a team. I did um, too, dude. New Jack brought a, a Nintendo. Uh, like an that? NES? Or like a, an NES. Like an original, old-school, 1986 Nintendo. If he only knew what the 2022 value of a Nintendo held, he no would not shit, have destroyed huh? it in 1998. Right. He'd be able to retire off of that Nintendo if he wasn't dead. Right. He wouldn't have put it in Bubba Ray's butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, trying to blow so, on it to get it to work. Oh, sorry. It was pretty cool. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to blow on it hot. Wrong, uh, wrong orifice. 
<laughs> um, there was a pretty cool spot where Spike stands on Bubba's chest in the corner, and then he hits him with the Hurricane Rana. That was cool. That was really good. Spike was awesome, dude. He was. Um, he was. Spike's Highly underrated. So Spike's another one of those guys. We were talking earlier about, uh, well, we talked about Kirk White. Spike was, um, he didn't train with Kirk White. He trained with Roland Alexander, not Matt Heisen. Know, Roland. Roland's fat ass didn't get in the ring and train him. Right. But um, yeah, he was called Matt Heisen. He trained at Roland Alexander's APW about five minutes from my house. Yep. Same place as Crash Holly. Same place as Crash Holly. Yeah. Or the Leprechaun, if you will. Or the Leprechaun Aaron O'Grady. Yeah. Aaron O'Grady. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of weird because during the match, Joey Styles is like keeps talking. I mean, the match is fucking ridiculous. They're just hitting each other with shit. So I guess Joey Styles gets bored and c- continues to talk about the match that they can't show. Yes. Yeah, so you're mm-hmm. you're obviously seeing an us versus them angle being pitted here with like ECW versus the powers that be at the pay per view companies. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> No, that was it. Like that, they okay. kept playing up to that. Like you had the bit earlier with Jason and Nicole Bass. Now you have it here again during the triple threat tag team match. Like obviously they're working up towards something. Right, right. All that oh. while uh, Spike uses a crutch on Bubba's testicles and <laughs> crazy shit like that. He I didn't also shot. didn't know this was an elimination match. I didn't either because like, well, you know, one of the things with ECW is their production values were so terrible. If a guy's standing in the ring talking on a mic, it's really hard to hear him. Yep. Um, Joe Gertner, you could hear because he would yell into it. But like when the announcer would would talk, you're like, what the fuck's he saying? Yep. It would just be yeah, an echo and you couldn't fucking understand anything he was saying. Only right. Gertner and Styles because Styles is the natural broadcaster. He knows project everybody else. They know, mm-hmm. use a microphone, but not evaluating the factor of a crazy ECW crowd chanting. And you know, while we were on it, can we talk about how great Joey Styles was as an announcer? Oh, okay. He really yes, highly up, underrated. Uh, yeah. He's highly, under- I'll tell you what, dude. I would say, okay, you got your JR. Like, I'm talking um, play-by-play, guys. JR, of the last 20 years in WWE, it's JR and Joey Styles. I don't think anyone else is even close to those two, you know? I mean, obviously, uh, JR is number one. Who's close to a number? A number. Uh, 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 more, more. was really fucking good. I guess he'd be close, but Joey Styles, I think, was better than Morrow. I'm saying play by play. Okay, and you're talking so last, like 25 years. Yeah, last fuck. Call, just call it since Gorilla died. I guess you know. Yeah, what I mean? play by play. No, Joey is definitely up there. He was fucking fantastic, dude. He, he was, was. Yeah, he's got to be like the most underrated. Um, fuck, most underrated announcer of all time. This was like. This is just four pay-per-views away from the first one where all his commentary was stating what the moves were. And the, he was by himself. First, on that first one. And yeah, and he's by himself. And then by this one, he's just killing it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Yeah, he was amazing. He's also... Okay. Oh, never, never mind. Go for it. Okay. So they end up going into the crowd and there's a sign in the crowd that says, I am the Sausage King. And I was like, look at that. Abe Froman. Abe Froman. <laughs> caught a flight from Chicago to Asbury Park to see the show. He was such a huge um, ECW fan. <laughs> he was given great, special seats by Paul E. Yeah, the great Abe Froman. The Sasha of Chicago. <laughs> um, then, then it kind of gets old. Yeah. Do, you know what I mean? Right until they do, they get to, so this was the match with that um, kind of the highlight reel clip 
where it was New Jack and Spike, right? Dive off the, uh, off the upper second level. Deck. Yeah. yeah. Off the second deck. Yeah. And you've seen that a hundred thousand times. But apart from that, this match sort of just got to where they're just hitting each other with shit. Yeah. And look, in 1998, this was amazing. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen shit like this before. This was cutting edge. Like, I loved it. In 2022, hated it. I'm yeah. not a fan. I, I I don't like these types of matches. The more ECW I watch, the more I dislike this type of match. Is it fair to say the rose-colored glasses are off at this point? Way off. Way yeah. off. Yes. And I don't want to trash ECW. They were great for their time. Mm-hmm. But to mm-hmm. go back and watch them 25 years later, not so much. Right, right. Yeah, like, I, st- I mean, I still have fun watching the shows for the most part. I do, like, too. I would say... I would say at least 50% of it's good. Um, if we weren't doing this podcast where I was going to write stuff down and, you know, evaluate it and things like that, I probably would have given up on these pay-per-views a long time ago. Probably, well, yeah. not a long time ago, after the last one, I guess. When it's specifically but, these types of matches, and spoiler alert, the Singapore Kane match, I'm not right. a fan of those types of matches. And we've actually covered a ladder match between Sabu and Sandman before that I just wasn't a big fan of. It was just spot after spot, and it's like... What is this accomplishing? It's just, like you said earlier, Eddie, there's no psychology. There's, Mm -hmm. for me personally, just watching pay-per-view to pay-per-view, there's no reason to get emotionally invested into why this match has to happen. It's kind of garbage. It's doing moves. It's not wrestling. It's not working. Uh, Yes, exactly. And you're going to kill yourself for the benefit of what? A thousand people? Right. Or for those with flash photography. (laughs) Right. Yes. Right, or for the hundreds watching on pay-per-view. And again, it's, I, I, I don't want to knock ECW because I do love ECW for what it was. Mm-hmm. But that's loving ECW for what it was back in 98. Going back 25 years, it doesn't really hold up, guys. And if you're listening to this without watching it, go back and watch it. See if it stands up to what you remember it as. I understand rose-colored glasses. I understand nostalgia. But does it still stand up in 2022? I'm going to argue no. Yeah. Totally. And this match is a perfect example of it. A hundred percent, dude. And we're going to get to one later that's even a more better example of not standing up in 2022. Right. But um, speaking of um, something that does hold up until she couldn't stand up, next up is Jenner Jameson. Wow. Nice segue. Right. Wasn't that great? That was professional. Very yeah, you professional. Saw that news, yeah, you saw that news report about her legs, right? He's thinking. <laughs> I totally did. Oh, it took, you didn't you didn't quite get it until just now. <laughs> a little bit. Yes. <laughs> she can't walk anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what does she need to walk for? Should have saved. Damn, that. <laughs> man. <laughs> I should have saved that for the next roast. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes out on the stage. Uh, we I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but this it's one of those ones. It's like um, AEW does it on occasion where the um, ramp comes like ring level, Into like the, the ramp goes from the back of the arena to to yeah. the apron. It's like know? a Japan style Japan, stage yeah, or to the that, ring. yeah, or that weird Hogan match in France with fucking Stan Hansen or someone. Well, Canada um, too had that. Yeah, if you watch um, those old matches at the Montreal Forum. Right, right, exactly. Oh, you know what? That wasn't France. That was Montreal. You're right. I know. Um, That's why you keep me so, around. <laughs> Thank but you. But I could get how you um, could confuse the two. So Jenner Jameson, here comes Jenner Jameson, and Joey Style says his catchphrase, oh my God. 
such a fucking he's such a fucking perv. Uh, <laughs> she gets she gets the biggest pop of the night, and she decides she's going to interview Justin Credible. What about the crowd cheering for her? Oh, they love it. They love it. Oh, he missed it. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, I was scrolling my notes. I'm sorry. What did I miss? I don't know. A euphemism that didn't work. Move on. Okay. Was that about <laughs> Jenna walking or not walking? <laughs> so she's going to interview Justin Credible, but then she gets big timed by him. He's like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to. Ain't no one got time for this shit. It was like us walking past Rikishi to meet Trish in 2004. Exactly. Then Nicole Bass comes out, and I'm like, wow, two stars of the great movie Private Parts are on stage. Janet Jameson, <laughs> the first naked lady in the history of radio. And Nicole Bass. And earlier. As Howard, Nicole Bass. And a Howard Stern reference earlier. Was there? What's that? It, what was that? It was when you went to urinate. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I'll hear it when I play this back. You'll hear it later. Um, also. Yeah. And I was also Joe. I was like, wow. This, sorry. I was like, what a great cast of characters we have there. If, if only we had had Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf. <laughs> yeah. It was a regular whack pack reunion. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Joey says, uh. She's interviewing just incredible, proving to all that she likes to start on the bottom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, Tommy Dreamer comes out next and uh, he she tries to interview him, too. Instead, he just sexually assaults her with an uh, unwanted kiss. Right. And then I'm like, he's in sweats. Those are the wrong pants to be standing up in after kissing Jenna Jameson. On TV. Yeah. <laughs> also, he had just contracted hepatitis, which was horrible for him. <laughs> and Joey says, he's gone where every man has gone before. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to gargle yeah. with Clorox, and then he's cut off into the start of the match, which is Jesus. just incredible with Jason and Nicole Vast versus Tommy Dreamer. Not, o- not only did he kiss Jenner Jameson, he kissed Randy West. <laughs> Thanks for the shanker on my who lip. By, I got to go by, wrestle. Who, by the way, I met at OzFest 97 in San Bernardino, the great Randy West. You sick fuck. <laughs> he told me I wasn't old enough to know who he was. <laughs> if he only knew. So this match goes right into the crowd, right after a match that went right into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love ECW for what it was in 1998, man. Yeah. Um, Dreamer hits just incredible with a slingshot on the ramp. It might have been the best slingshot I've ever seen. It was a good slingshot. Dude, it was like an actual slingshot shot just incredible across the ramp. Like, he went, like, 25 feet. It was almost as good as when Dreamer crotched himself from the stage to the guardrail. So that comes up right after that, and that was fucking gnarly. Or it was... Yeah, I think it was right after it. At this, I mean, how do, you, how do you learn to fall from a stage to a guardrail and not actually crotch yourself? Yeah, how do, how do you learn to fall from, from a 20-foot ladder onto your dick? <laughs> right. His balls were in his throat, guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so pretty much right away, they start using pull out the chairs. They're using plastic chairs, and I was like, I think they used up all the steel chairs in the last match. Yep. Gone. Um, Crowd is chanting, Justin, Justin asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he was an asshole. Um, I wonder if they chant that. I wonder if people chant that in line at Panera when they're waiting for a sandwich. Um <laughs> I not might. I'm, on people. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Panera. <laughs> not to shit on people who work at Panera or any kind of food service place like that. You guys work way fucking harder than I do. So uh, Yeah, we're bitching props. about the customers, not the workers. Yeah, we're bitching about the customers and just incredible. Right. Um, 
Yeah, no, you guys are fucking awesome. I love, I, dude, I love that. Uh, the turkey bravo, bacon turkey bravo, that tomato bread, my own. Um, shout out to uh, the great Tracy Smothers. A free plug. <laughs> uh, Just Incredible hits a tombstone and doesn't go for a pin. And here comes vomit to the ring. <laughs> because she sounds like, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Uh, she pretends she's with Dustin Credible, Justin Credible, but then she dick punches him. Dick punches then, Jason too. Dick punches Jason, um, and then Nicole Baskets in there and bear hugs her, and now it's just a whole shit show. And then Mikey Whiprick shows up, and he hits Nicole Bass with the stunner, and it's I don't know. And then somehow Tommy Dreamer gets a fucking three count. Yeah, um, it's, it's a mess. mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Justin mess. hits uh, his injured leg with a crutch, and yeah, it it was like, wow, hurry it up and get the pinfall. Okay, Why? so let me just preface this match with like, we weren't watching week to week. Here in Northern no. California, we did not have the benefit of being able to watch ECW every single, what was it, Saturday night, Sunday morning it came on. We didn't get weekly TV. We basically no. got the magazines. We got PWI. And, well, okay, this would have been early 98. We had the internet. Yes. Rough but we didn't internet, have, but yes. We didn't have weekly TV. So right. what we could, as far as what we could actually physically see was the pay-per-views. Exactly. And, I mean, aside from video packages, we didn't know how to put these matches together. So maybe we're looking at them. So say there was an East Coast drunk wrestling history, right? Yes. This may be one of their best pay-per-views of all time because they were watching week to week. Like when we review a WWF pay-per-view or a WWE pay-per-view, we could watch week to week and know the build-up to those matches. This here... makes sense, yeah. Yeah, we didn't have that benefit. So we're literally going back watching these with no week to week recollection of what was going on in the angles. So maybe we're way off base. Mm Mm-hmm. But, man, going back and watching this as just a standalone match based off of video packages, not super great. But, again, in 1998, it's way different than what we were used to between WWF and WCW. For all we know, the marks were probably being solved in that 30-second span. Everybody running in and all that stuff. And a lot of what made it good was just being – it was good by virtue of being different. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yes, you know that's I mean? the it, best it, way to put it. Yeah, in a way, that was enough. Like, RVD was doing shit we hadn't seen before. So RVD was, like, fucking amazing. We go back right. and watch it 25 years later against Two Cold Scorpio, and not so much because we've seen way better from RVD based on the WWE training that he received to go and have better matches later in his career. I guarantee that if we sat down and watched, and we'll get to it eventually, because our plan has always been to get through all the ECW pay-per-views. When we get to uh, the second one-night stand where he wrestles Cena, I guarantee that's a better match than his match with Scorpio. I And agree. I know that's like, yes. and you say to like an ECW fan, like, like that's fucking heresy. But I, I have no doubt that's a better match, even though that's early in Cena's run, too. Agree, yes, it is. And again, we're not wearing the nostalgia or the rose-colored glasses that people who actually watched this when it went down, or who may be listening, who were there live, yeah, like we weren't that we weren't part of that ECW movement because we couldn't be. We we wanted to be, we just weren't able to be. But here we are, twenty five years later, going back and reviewing without the benefit of that week to week build. 
This is just yeah. the honest review. Why didn't any of you get us any fucking tickets? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. We got a video package of Bam Bam and Taz. And, yeah. As Let's also mention Bam Bam has the home crowd. Yes, he's from Asbury, Asbury Park, Park, New Jersey. New Asbury Jersey. Park, New Jersey. Hell yeah. And that is the lead up into said match for the ECW Television Championship. Bam Bam Bigelow versus the champion entering Taz. This I is love the best the, match of the night. It is the. Uh, we'll get into that later. Um, but um, my opinion, best match I, of the night. Bigelow is the best big man of all time. Well, I don't disagree with that. Um, Bam Bam is definitely the best. He's got to be the best guy who was ever in ECW. I oh. love the beginning of the match because Bam yeah. Bam's walking down the ramp, and this motherfucker means business. Yeah, like he's not. He's not out there to have fun. He's out there to fucking whip a motherfucker's ass, get paid, and go home. Like, yeah, he crack looks heads. Pissed. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, but our friend Leonard used to work with a guy who grew up in Asbury Park, New Jersey, went to high school with Bam Bam Bigelow. He said Bam Bam shaved his head in high school and put those tattoos on his head. He's a bad in motherfucker. High Damn. So that's a bad motherfucker, dude. I thought I was a badass for having a misfit tattoo on my fucking calf. Um senior year of high school bam bam bigelow tattooed his whole fucking head yeah bad motherfucker the best yeah. big man of all time and i will dude i'll put that on my fucking headstone bam bam bigelow is the baddest motherfucker best big man of all time i'm gonna hold you to that shit dude because you're definitely gonna die before me oh there's no doubt about it <laughs> i do love me some taco bell that's what's gonna put me in the grave <laughs> how are those oh, right away Right away, Bam Bam takes a clothesline over the top rope, and he clips that table, just the edge of it, and he breaks it. But um, it's still standing. He doesn't, right, he just kind of hits the end of it, and the, like the end snaps off, and then Taz comes out there, and Bam Bam fucks him up, and then he goes and smashes the table with his fucking hands, because he's <laughs> fucking awesome. Because he's, that's fucking strength, dude. Yeah. Um, what about that fucking then, T-bone suplex to the outside from oh, the stage? Oh, that's insane. Yeah, Totally. Oh, so, yeah, into the crowd, right? God damn it, dude. Taz fell into a guardrail to throw that suplex. So, Taz, I don't know if I'm you pre- caught this, Adam. I don't know if I would have caught him, but I've heard Taz talk about it in interviews. He hit the back of his head on the fucking guardrail. That, that's exactly what I wrote. Yeah, right into the small gap. Easily cracked his head on the guardrails. Small gap. Or between the ramp and the... What are you talking yeah, I'm talking about midget videos. <laughs> I missed something. Whatever. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Midget porn, Adam, is what he's midget referencing. Midget porn. Yeah. The only one I know is Bridget the Midget, but that's because of trivia. <laughs> but that, Shout out dude, to that George. Midget on, that midget on 90 Day Fiance is way hotter than Bridget, though. I don't watch that show, so I don't know. No, Me either. Sure. He's crazy. For, yeah, you should watch it for the midget. <laughs> Um, we have a match yeah, so you. Taz fucked himself up. I don't know how he didn't bust his head open. Fuck, dude. You're right. How did he not? He fell straight back on that guardrail. Yeah. Unprotected. Um, yep. Unprotected. Just like threw him back and just fell. Let the chips fall where they may. And he just fucking cracked his head right on that guardrail. Yeah, but fucking Bam Bam gets up like pretty quickly. It starts whipping Taz's ass with chairs. Yep. They get back inside and Taz um, 
takes a badass suplex from Bam Bam, and then Taz hits a flapjack kind of to Bam Bam through a table, and it's like in slow motion, like like in uh, like the Beastie Boys in that video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and somehow Bam 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 found a steel chair and clobbered Taz with it outside the ring. And then did you catch that the crowd was? They seem to be singing some kind of song, like a fucking crowd at an English soccer match. Oh, I think they were just singing for Bigelow to win. Okay, Taz was getting all the booze during this match, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. They loved it. It was a hometown crowd for um, sure. It yeah, was a Brighton, um, Canada situation. Yeah, and it's like they're going out, they're in and out of the ring back and forth like hella times. The floor is like wet, and there's shit everywhere. Like it looks like a fucking like the Warriors movie or something like that. You know, yeah, I mean? Bigelow like slips. Like it looks like a street fight. Yeah, yeah. Bigelow slips. Yeah, and which I was like, damn, dude, that's how he'll Speaking of he'll street be fight, fucking... there's one spot. Bam Bam hits Taz with a street sign between the eyes. Street says Lori La, which I'm guessing Lori Lane. I looked it up. There's no Lori Lane in New Jersey. So okay, there's <laughs> another reason why New Jersey kind of sucks. Fucking liars. Hey, hey, hey. We have listeners in New Jersey, Adam. Stop it. Those right. Th- that that sign may have come from Ohio. I, I'm sorry. It's just that <laughs> I just hate the New Jersey Devils. God. Well, it's oh, fair. Oh, yeah. Ducks fan. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Ducks fan so, hating yeah, the Devils. Yeah, I I, I, to- I apologize to the New Jersey listeners, but God, you hate their hockey team, I, not them. I absolutely hate their hockey team. Yeah. So Adam was rooting for Taz, <laughs> which is reasonable. It's reasonable, yes. He's yeah. a Ducks fan. Yeah, and we're, we're the same height, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're no, way you're taller bro. Taz, dude. You're way taller than Taz. <laughs> way taller. So they eventually make their way back inside, and um, Taz gets Bam Bam with a Taz mission. Yep. Bam Bam's tap- tapping, but the ref, he's like, he, uh, the ref's behind Taz, right? Yeah, so he can't, can't see the see tap. It. And this is where we get, and this is another, it's kind of a crazy pay-per-view because you have a lot of highlight, like long-term highlight reel clips. This is where Taz, uh, Bam Bam drops onto his back, puts Taz through the fucking ring. Launches himself back. Yeah. Now, did you ever hear that Taz knocked himself out during this spot? Oh, no shit. I wouldn't be surprised. So Taz, yeah, I, I saw like a shoot interview with Taz. Taz said that there was a board in there. I mean, I don't really know. I know how wrestling rings are created, or not created, but... Um, put together, put put together. But I don't know ECWs. But he said there was a board down there, which I picture being like the board that tripped the shock master. <laughs> but he said when they went down, he hit his the back of his head on the board and he was knocked out. And if you oh, watch, t- um, Bam Bam tried to pull him out. Yeah, and he Taz, couldn't. He pull was him. limp. Taz, right? Taz fell back in, and then he reached in and pulled him out again. And I think at that point, Taz had kind of kicked out and could climb out on his own. Oh shit! Yeah. And um, so, damn, the ring did what the guardrail should have done earlier in the match. Right, exactly. Because when I saw that, I was like, how did he not, exactly, how did he not knock himself out on that fucking guardrail? Yeah. He didn't, some fucking how. Maybe he just kind of clipped his head. I mean, I was more surprised he didn't break his head open. Um, Fuck, dude. But um, yeah, he knocked himself out going through the fucking ring. Well, and that was the end of the match. That's what that happens. Match. Bigelow ends up pulling him out. One, two, three, new champion. There you go. So Taz yeah. wasn't ready fucking liar <laughs> yeah that's i hadn't thought of that that's and that's quite and that story that's a great call back to the beginning circle. of the show <laughs> i hope taz had to set up all those chairs <laughs> <laughs> no no mikey weirpreck set up all those chairs <laughs> good him and jason <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
So after the match, we go to Joey Styles, and he's explaining that the ring is broken, they have to fix it, and now they have time to fill. So here comes fucking Heyman, yelling at Joey Styles to play the damn match that we couldn't see. Yeah, like Joey Styles holds all the keys to the fucking Yeah, Joey Styles truck. is the director in the fucking TV truck. He's the gatekeeper. Right. Yeah. And if that is true, just building on everything we said about Joey Styles, how great is he? He is so efficient. Oh, he's fired up too. Him and Heyman are both fired up. Oh yeah, he's the play-by-play guy. He's the fucking director. Everything. Um. So then we get into that match. Sabu versus fucking Sam Man in a Singapore cage cane match. Yeah, they end up um, playing it because. Paul E. Again, we get that whole angle with Paul E. versus the pay-per-view companies. You can't tell me what to do. You're trying to interfere with my shit. Blah, blah, blah. It's Here's almost, the match. It's almost like they had, they had a match available to help distract and try to fix the ring. Hmm. You would almost think. Possibly. <laughs> oh, you guys. Maybe I'm fucking stupid. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Because remember earlier I was saying why would they tape a match before the pay-per-view to air during the pay-per-view? I didn't even think that. The honesty didn't cross my mind. <laughs> it didn't occur to you after that bang-up, spot-on ring repair job that they did in the 10 minutes that the match took? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Because when we get back to the next match in the ring, the ring isn't fucking fixed anyway. They just put caution tape through the ropes. There's yeah. caution tape hanging on the fucking ropes. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, exactly. just don't wrestle here, you guys. It's, it's like during oh. all of that, it was like they tried to do something and then somebody said, video package is almost done. Just fuck it. <laughs> Dude, yeah. the WCW production kids are the ones that fucking put up that caution tape <laughs> they, to cover that the ring. hole. Yeah, they fixed yeah. the ring. Right. Yeah. Well, they're now construction workers. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> they got promoted. <laughs> yeah. They joined the union, went down to the hiring hall and like. You know, any, <laughs> any union workers listening to this show know that, like, not everybody in the union knows what they're doing. Right. These are the um, kindergartners that made the Halloween Havoc 91 stage. They yeah. put the caution tape up to cover that hole. Um, I don't really want to go into too, too much detail on this match because this match was fucking the piece of shit. It was garbage. And then you right. watch it, it and then it shit? ends. And you're like, okay, why didn't the pay-per-view company want to play this match? There was no blood. There was no blood. Nobody was stabbed or choked. Dude, Taz and Bigelow was crazier than that fucking match. Maybe they were just shocked about the concept of identity theft. Hmm. Identity theft. The original or RVD being Sabu at the at the start. Oh. Oh. Okay. Right. Yeah. So when it starts, RVD comes out. I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the less we say about that match, the better. Number one, yeah. because I have to pee like a motherfucker. And number two, thank Time you, to go Adam. home. Yeah, let, let's wrap let's it up. Let, the less we say about that match, the better. That's a, yeah, that's a so, last call um, to go into the next match, which, by the way, they have to wrestle without getting into that corner. This is a dream tag match. Dream. Yeah. Should we define dream before we get into what the dream tag match is? No. Okay. (laughs) Dream would be like Rock versus Hogan. This would be the polar opposite of Rock versus Hogan. This match is. Well, I mean, a dream isn't a dream isn't inherently good. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. This. You know what I mean? Dream match. Like I've had a lot of I've had a lot of dreams that were just kind of mediocre. Right. 
This dream matches like you walk the response into your bedroom of, in like, your dream, and Nicole Bass is laying on the bed, doggy style position. You're like, oh fuck, this turned into a fucking nightmare. Stop it. Stop I'm it. sorry. There was, I'm sorry. I know there was no doggy style in this match, so you're right. There it, was not. It comes with the response of this is the match that you think is good. You're dreaming. It is. <laughs> it is Shane Douglas and Chris Candido with Francine. Taking on Lance Storm and a mystery partner. Mystery. It is a mystery. Intrigue. Yeah, so it's Shane Douglas and Candido versus Lance Storm and Sonny. That's what it ends up being, yes. And Francine comes to the ring with Douglas and Candido. She gets hit in the head with a head. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, on the way to the like, ring. Everybody in the first deck, they have uh, foam heads because they were expecting that Al Snow was supposed to be in the previous match, but they couldn't do it anymore because the ring's fucked up. The ring's fucked yeah. up. Right. The ring is still fucked. It's up. It's still fucked up. It's just. Yeah. Um, it's not Lance... very often you see a valet get head on her way to the ring. <laughs> um, Lance Storm charges down that fucking ramp, hits a springboard and a double clothesline off the top rope. He was Fox so good. Bo- both those guys. He was incredible. Lance Storm might be the most underrated talent of all time. I can't even argue with that. Right? Because you just never really hear him when you like when you hear names of guys who are so good. And it's because, I mean, I understand he he was never, he never even had a WrestleMania match. Right. Um, he didn't have a lot of big matches, a lot of big feuds. You know, he was just one of those, he was a guy who was there. He was a good hand. He was a good, yeah, he was a, me- a great mechanic. Um, very early in the match, Sonny turns on Storm and almost falls into the hole in the ring. Well, let, let yeah, let's rewind a little bit, right, okay. to the big spot where she's going to turn on Lance Storm. She's holding, like, a metal pan or something, like a right. cookie sheet, I guess. Right. She goes to hit Lance Storm. It appears to me that she whiffed. And the crowd is like, what the fuck did we just see? As Who she kind of walks backwards from whiffing, like falls into the hole that was created from Bigelow and Taz. A, a huge shit spot. Huge. You miss, and then you fall into the ring hole. You had two jobs. Hit Wait, Lance Storm with a cookie sh- sheet. Are don't you fall into Sunny, the hole. Are you saying Tess, uh, Sunny tested in the ring? No, no, no. She didn't. Well, I mean, technically, yeah, in terms of the crowd reaction, she huge tested in the ring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They shit all over it, the crowd did. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying Sunny shit her pants during the... That would have at least made this conversation way better. It was from the Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. ECW talent couldn't afford Coke. What are you talking about, dude? That's right. She was doing meth. I mean, yeah, it was meth and crack. There was was a match. She switched to poor man's Coke when she got fired by. Back in the tag match, there was that double shot with the guitars filled with Boston train powder. So, you know. Good point. Oh, that's true. Yeah, good point. Boston train powder. It's definitely in the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Oh, my God. That's great. Um, So this is already starting off as a train wreck. You can tell. Right. And then they start doing the stupid-ass upside-down camera thing. Oh, my God, dude. That was so distracting. And we thought Kevin Dunn was bad. 
Right. Oh God, with the like zoom, 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 zoom. No. Yeah. The upside no, down camera thing is way worse. worse. No, he's like Paul Hammond thinks he fucking works for MTV suddenly. Yeah, right. Yes. It was awful, and the music's playing. Someone's music. I forgot. I I forget whose music is even playing. It's been in my notes. Music playing, and then um, Shane Douglas ends up in the fucking hole in the ring. And uh, I don't know. Let's cut to the end of the match. He fucking takes a snowplow. One, two, three. From, right, oh. and that basically sets up the next pay per view. Like three months later or two months later. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was revealed that Al Snow was the mystery partner. Yeah, I, for- yes. I forgot to mention Al Snow came in before I got to the snowplow. Yeah, they they get the microphone says, well, "Who's your mystery partner? Blah, blah, blah. What are you gonna do? Gonna give you head?" Yeah, yeah. And it, I kind of had my like the. Last note I have for this match, besides Al Snow's wandering around in the crowd and the heels are getting hit in the ring with heads, is um I felt this was a waste of a Lance Storm match. Yes. yes. I agree with you. Right. They could have put Lance Storm in the ring with even Douglas. You know, like I'm not a Douglas fan, but Douglas could work. Or Candido just on his own. There are a lot of things they could have done um, with Storm that would have been better than this. Well, also, let's point out in this match... Shane Douglas is the heavyweight champion. Chris Candido mm-hmm. is one half of the tag team champions. Lance Storm is the other half of the tag team champions. So, oh right, they, ECW at the time had a heavyweight, a tag, and a TV champion. Mm-hmm. The TV championship took place in the Taz Bigelow match. The other titles were all in this match. There were no defenses. It was all wrapped up into this tag team match, which is really weird, Right? Like, you didn't have a tag team title match. You didn't have a heavyweight title match. Everything was wrapped up into this event. That's a good this point. this particular match. I didn't even think about that. Kind of weird, the way that they did that. Yeah. It was almost like a throwaway pay-per-view. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was sort of like, um, we have to do one a quarter. Yes, exactly. You know? Like, let's it's, really build up that May pay-per-view. Yeah, it's kind of like the um, WWE's, like, February... No, not February pay-per-view, but, like, when they did fucking stupid Great Balls of Fire. Yes. It was like, oh, there's a big gap between Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. It was filler. So let's throw in a pay-per-view. And it was like, it didn't matter. Although that Dean Ambrose and Triple H match was fucking awesome. It was. That's the exception to the rule. But, I mean, in general, it was just sort of a waste of time, the pay-per-view. Totally agree. Totally agree. And you can kind of tell those kind of pay-per-views when you don't have a heavyweight title or tag team title match. Right. Yep. Exactly. And that's all yeah. I got to say about that. Yeah. Um, just kind of my like final notes. Um, I have not a bad show. It's better than the last two. Um, and I loved the opening match. The Tanaka match had a couple hiccups, but it was good. The triple threat tag was cool, but it went too long. Taz match was great. And the main event and Sam match were disasters. And actually... To go back to it, to a call back to the beginning of the show, my favorite match was the tag team match that kicked okay, off the show. FBI. Okay. FBI. That was my favorite match of the show. And, and it my was favorite like, was Bigelow and Taz. Okay. Yeah, those were two like good, they were wrestling matches. You know, it Correct. wasn't a lot of yep. fucking, Taz and Bigelow had some bells and whistles, but not a lot. They didn't, they didn't, um, they didn't use those as a crutch. And they know how to, the match they know how to wrestle to and they know how to fight. I felt like they exactly. were able to, they yeah, did but, both in that one. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. And that's that. That's my second favorite of the four ECW pay-per-views we've re- reviewed so far. Thank you. And that takes care of... Oh, he's downing it. Okay. That takes care of ECW Living Dangerously 1998. Uh, what would you think of this show? If you haven't seen it, check it out on Peacock. 
It's uh, season one, episode one of Living Dangerously. Please uh, let us know everything that you think on the social media platforms. Leave us reviews on the podcast platforms or pretty much the whole drill. Subscribe, share, rate this show. And on behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding you to enjoy buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching. We'll see you next time for another great episode. One, two, Three, we're getting head tonight. Three, don't you move, you Time to get about it. Out. Welcome to the Welcome to the